Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox. I have a special guest with me on the podcast today. Let them know who you are, brother. I am Big Nick. I am host and creative lead producer and all that shit for the gag on this podcast. That's a heck of a name, Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Well, it, it, it grabs the attention. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, as always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Nick, you ready? Yes. Question number one. Give me your favorite album or song of the past year, and it does not have to be new. Of the past year? Yes. Damn. Um, I want to say, I I kind of hate saying it, but um, Post Malone, Motley Crue, I don't know what it is about that song, but I really love it. I don't think I've heard that one. Yeah, it's off his uh, Hollywood Bleeding. People tell me that album's really good. I just haven't listened to it because it's Post Malone. Oh, you're not a Post Malone fan? I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't dig too much of his stuff. Everybody keeps. He like the one artist. Everybody keeps telling me he's really good. But I'm like, I'll, I'll listen to it when I get a chance. Like I'm, I'm not rushing to Post Malone per se. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So question number two, and this is gonna be a tough one. Or maybe not. Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle? Oh, Chappelle all day. See, that I was mean, easy. <laughs> yeah, there's there, Chappelle's the goat, dude. I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, like Chris Rock had his time when he was doing the arenas and stuff, but Dave Chappelle, aside from the drawing power, like he's changed what his act was when he first came out to now, and it's just he can grow with the scene and it's amazing. They have a similar career. If you really think about it, like Chris Rock starting in these, like these bit role movies and things like that. Same as Dave Chappelle. Then they both had these kind of big standup specials that everybody kind of loved. And then if you even get, want to get even more into it, both of them had extremely popular shows in terms of like the Chris Rock show that was on HBO for several years. Then you had Chappelle show, which everybody loved. Their careers are very similar, more similar than I think most people would like to admit. But yeah, I, I love both of them. I think Dave Chappelle is the greatest. Uh, yeah, Dave, in my eyes, he can't do any wrong. I saw him do um, his set. It was uh, filmed at Washington, D.C. Um, the joke where he talks about, like, I didn't know I was genetically predisposed to liking chicken. That one kills every time. <laughs> yes. I, I appreciate that Dave Chappelle has gotten to that point where he can do like a comedy special and it's nothing about comedy. He just sits there and just talks to you for like an hour and people are still into it. Yeah. That's very hard to do. Especially when people are like, hey, Dave Chappelle's here and they're thinking, oh, we're going to laugh. This is going to be a good time. And then he just starts talking about shit that's actually happening in the world and telling yeah. you stories like, oh, didn't know it was this, but I'm I'm here for it. You know, it's, there's not too many people who can do that. Like Kanye West tries it and fails at it miserably every time. Oh, and he's in a fucking world of hurt now, man. Did you see like him in the whole Drake and Jay Z issue going on? I, I didn't see the whole thing. All that I saw was apparently, and this was on the news. This this is how lame Kanye West and Drake have got in terms of pop culture. When you see the like the local news talking about. Oh, Kanye West and Drake are going to drop an album the same day. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, why do I need to hear this white-ass news reporter talk about Kanye West and Drake? Oh, and it's probably morning, like, morning news that, like, so is it Kanye or Kanye? <laughs> it was exactly morning news when I saw, like, what is going on? <laughs> like, nah. I hear his beats are dope. <laughs> it was so weird and so jarring. Like they, they were just talking about like a murder two minutes ago. And then they're like, well, Kanye West and Drake are gonna drop an album the same. They're like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Question number three, Nick. What is the dumbest thing you think you've ever done as a kid? 
Oh, hands down. Um, I, where I grew up in the Bay Area, we had a pool, but you could only get in the pool if you had like a key, and my parents would never give it to me. So I ended up climbing over the fence, and the reason it was the dumbest thing is the fence all had really sharp points. Oh, all on the top. So I actually like scaled over that bitch. And upon, you know, I've seen, hence, since then, I've seen a bunch of videos with people getting impaled on that. And I was like, that, that easily could have been me. Yeah. It's not, it's not wise. Like, especially no. if, you're, if you're not good at climbing gates and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I was, a, I was, you know, this fat kid. So I was having a bitch of a time and I have more area that can be punctured, but I went unscathed. So. That's, that's lucky. That's real lucky. Side question. You're from the Bay Area. How much too short did you hear out there? Oh, I feel geez. like I feel like too short is like too short in E40. It's just like gods in the Bay Area. All right, so so E40 more than too short for sure. E40 is the Bay Area rap scene as yes. far as anyone in the Bay Area is concerned. I was lucky enough that I had a couple of friends that introduced me to Dell, who's, you know, from Oakland. So I, I was really more into like Dell, the funky homo sapien and hieroglyphics and things like that. But yeah, too short is big, but yeah, it's. Well, those are two, two blasts from the past names. Dell, the funky homo sapien and the hieroglyphics, man. That was, that was error. Yeah. That was and, definitely error. Well, and what what's weird is he, I don't think he gets recognized enough because he was writing lyrics for Ice Cube when Ice Cube was popping off. Yeah, that is a actual fact. I don't know a lot of people know that, but yeah, Dale was out there doing a lot of ghostwriting and just making dope music. Don't yeah, get credit for it. Yeah, especially I mean he experimented. You know, you have the like Mr. Dabalina and you know wash your ass and all that, but then you have Deltron Thirty Thirty, which was just um, both sides of the brain was an amazing album highly underrated rapper yeah in general question number four nick thanos is coming to take over the earth i'm gonna give you this caveat though you have to give five comedians that can stop thanos by making him laugh who are your five comedians you're picking to take on thanos Oh man, this is gonna be tough because some of them got canceled recently. <laughs> well, Calvin Campbell, Thanos cares about them getting canceled. <laughs> now, is it? Do they have to be alive? No, I would say they don't have to be alive. Thanos will bring them back to life with the Infinity Stone, just so he can be amused. All right, so Louis C.K. is on there. Okay, for sure. Big J. Okerson. Okay. Um, Dave Chappelle. Okay. Uh, I kind of want to say Kevin Hart just because his earlier stuff I I liked a lot more than like his newer stuff. But leading the pack is Patrice. Choice. Yeah, leading the yeah. pack is Patrice O'Neill. Hands fucking down. Okay, I like that. I like I like those answers. I think Kevin Hart is a very interesting choice because he's he's funny. But I don't know, Kevin Hart's just a weird kind of choice in terms of like. His earlier stand-ups, I, I guess, are considered classics. But as he, time went on, his now I don't want to say his stand-up don't hold up, but it's almost like the Eddie Murphy effect, mm. where like because he's become too much into movies and things like that, people know him more for his movies than they do his stand-up. Like now nowadays, you hear people when they talk about Kevin Hart, they talk about his movies and things like that, and when they talk about his stand, like oh, he's not that funny. Like uh, it's interesting. <laughs> Well, it's true. I mean, when you talk about Kevin Hart, people are like, oh, the guy that's in all those movies with The Rock? And you're like, no. Yes. The guy that does stand-up. Yes, the actual comedian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the Eddie Murphy effect, though. I mean, that's that's true. I'm curious, uh, what are your thoughts about Eddie Murphy actually trying to do stand-up again? I love it. I I hope that he takes it serious. I want to hear... I wouldn't mind hearing Eddie Murphy today do stand-up. I feel like Eddie Murphy's one of those people who's so charming, even if it's not great, it will be entertaining. Like him on Saturday Night Live, uh, what, that was a couple years back now? Yeah. I feel like he was charming enough to pull it off, 
don't like even when it's the old stick like Gumby and stuff like that. It's dated material, but it, it, it's Eddie Murphy and it's charming. I feel like okay, we can accept this. I, the thing about Eddie Murphy is he, to my knowledge, he gave up stand up and stuff like that to make kids movies because his kids were growing up. Eddie Murphy, Lord knows he has a lot of kids. <laughs> like, yeah. So he was trying to make like PG-13 stuff for his kids to um, enjoy as well as him. I think that's cool. Long as he comes into comedy with the notion that I'm going to be Eddie Murphy and not I'm going to be PG-13 Eddie Murphy or PG PG Eddie Murphy, I'm cool with it. Like even Will Smith. Will Smith is known as like a squeaky clean guy, but you watch Bad Boys and you watch certain Will Smith movies, Suicide Squad, the original one, Will Smith is okay with getting gritty. He doesn't mind making an R-rated movie and getting violent and stuff like that. Even with his squeaky clean persona, I think Eddie Murphy needs to find that middle ground with that. Yeah, but I mean, his... Like, what's the middle ground between, you know, Shrek and his raw comedy? Uh, I think there's a middle ground there. Uh, I, I want to say, like, um, maybe Beverly Hills Cop, the first one. Oh, yeah, I could. All right. Yeah, I could see that. Right around that area, Beverly Hills Cop, maybe Trading Places, like that type of co- comedy. Where, he, where he's still funny. He's not as, like, he's not as explicit as he was in raw things like that but he's still funny and he has his like own charm and unique flair to it i think he, he can he can reach there if anybody can i think eddie murphy can yeah i i mean it's been so long in the making but i do hope he at least attempts it and we can all witness it kind of feels like sting coming back to wrestling <laughs> yeah but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean St- sting will live forever in my eyes i was yeah. there when Sting first came out, and then I was there for his NWO heel turn. Oh, yeah, I love Sting. Yeah, you're I, gonna I'm... get me talking about some <laughs> shit with wrestling, man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Definitely, I'll, I'm down to have that conversation always. Right, before we get that, question number five: Zombie apocalypse is happening, Walking Dead style. You can take five things for you to go out in the world to survive. Anything you want. What are the five things you're taking to survive this zombie apocalypse? Anything I want. Anything you want. Uh, well, first, it's going to be a gun. Probably a oh. shotgun. Okay. Yeah, 12-gauge shotgun. Um, I'm assuming I can forge food, so I won't bring any food. Some acid, maybe. Not like the drug acid, but like acid I can throw on their faces and have it dissolve. Okay. Um, probably. I, I, oh, I have a question about that acid. How long does acid take to dissolve? Like someone's face? Yeah. Like, um, cause, cause these are zombies. What they're talking about? Some. I'm, I'm quite sure they're not feeling it. <laughs> you oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? So Valid like, point. <laughs> so if it takes like five minutes for it to dissolve, that may not be helpful. <laughs> Valid point. Or they're just coming over to me and dripping my own acid on me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm gonna think. All right, fucking asses out the window. Fuck it. So we got a gun. Um, probably bringing someone fatter than me. Okay. So that way I can at least like push them. Like, oh no, that's <laughs> Um, I don't know. I I want this just because it's cool, but I do want a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. That's a good idea. I think that would just be awesome to walk around with. Yes, I agree. Uh, let's see. Um. A trowel, maybe, because that worked in Night of the Living Dead. That seemed to work very well. Okay, I like that. And then, I don't know. Um, actually, I do know. Uh, like, cigarettes. Okay. Because <laughs> if I'm about to die, I'm going to need, like, some, some sort of relief before I die. Okay, what kind of cigarettes? Are we talking, like, Newports, Marlboros? No, probably Camel 99s, the long ones. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it'll be my five. Not bad, not bad at all. So, Nick, tell everybody about your podcast and its interesting name. So, first, let's get the name out of the way. Um, I will say we have had numerous comedians decide to come on our podcast, hear the name, and then back out last minute. Why? Because apparently the name is so gross, and I 
it sucks that I have to say this all the time, but it's like a double entendre. We interview comedians. They tell gags on stage. I want them to tell their gags on my podcast, hence gag on this. I got that 100%. I don't understand why comedians didn't get that. (laughs) Just so weird. It's, it's, It's the times we live in. People are weird. But uh, honestly, the name, um, have you seen uh, Boogie Nights? A long time ago, yes. Remember when Mark Wahlberg's talking about how the name Dirk Diggler came to him? Like just in lights? That's exactly how Gag on This came to me. I was just knocking around things, and it just came to me, and I was like, this is it. (laughs) See, I feel like Gag on This is a good name because I can see like a comedy club having that exact same name up there. Like the gag on this comedy club and big lights and stuff and featuring like big Jay Okerson or something like that. I, I can see that being a thing. And then somebody looking like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Then they think about, oh, it makes sense. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not a bad name. And I don't see why people would get offended by that or, oh, I can't go on this podcast. It's not like it's called like the Blowjob Weekly Podcast. No. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's people. A- and it, it shows more about where their thinking is at than. Like I, I have gag on this and it's like dripping kind of, you know, logo and I made it white one time and somebody was like, oh, you're trying to do that because it's sperm. And I was like, no, I'm just doing it because it's white. Like I just made the the logo white. Like I don't get why you're so gross. Yeah. (laughs) It's a solid solid name. Yeah. So the podcast every week we interview, um, comedians most of the time they're local but with covid it kind of helped out because we were able to get uh Gianmarco Ceresi who's in New York uh Zach Amico who's in New York we recently have Stefan Bonner come on and he's out of Vegas the MMA guy that's impressive yeah uh that was a big grab for us um and so we just interview comedians we try and you know have some levity we interview them but then we also crack jokes uh, in between and the main reason i wanted to do the podcast is because there's not really an interview like podcast in sacramento for the sacramento scene which is very underrated i mean in sacramento you had jr de guzman mikey winfield and Kyrie shabazz win NBC's stand-up competition all three years in a row. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And and Sacramento gets this like, oh, it's the armpit of California. And it's like, no, we we have some heavy hitters that come out of this place. How much do you think the Sacramento Kings play into people thinking that? (laughs) Are you talking about the basketball team, Sacramento Kings? Exactly. Jesus. That's why I said that. Now now you're getting my point. Because I feel like People associate cities with their sports teams. So if the sports team sucks for a long time, people think your city sucks for a long time. Tell me about it. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I was just going to say that. That was the exact example (laughs) I was going to use. The freaking Cleveland Browns. Like Cleveland Browns and the Cavs for the longest time before LeBron got there and made that look great. But yeah, Yeah. that's a perfect example. The Cleveland Browns. People see the Cleveland Browns, they're like, ah. This city must suck. <laughs> like the Cleveland Brown, the, the Cavs for a long time, they thought, okay, the city sucks. Like anytime you see a team that has this bad sports team, except New York for some reason, New York's teams can all stink and nobody won't care because it's New York. Like the Knicks have not been good for a long time. And people, people always say, oh, the Knicks and the, New York is great. New York's like seems to be exempt from that. I think it's just because they have so – I think it's the Yankees. They have the Yankees, which sort of overshadow everyone else's shittiness. That's a good point. That is a very good point. The New York Yankees, I almost forgot about them. They, 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 I can't speak now. The Yankees pay to be good. <laughs> so Yeah, they, they need a fucking salary cap on baseball for sure. But <laughs> I, was, I was – and this is probably going to upset a lot of Sacramentoans. I was a big proponent of the Kings fucking leaving and going to Seattle. <laughs> like we don't we they they haven't been good since weber was on there yeah it's been a minute i think that was chris weber and mitch richmond yeah and then there was i think bibby was on there at the same time yeah with his team dime but yeah since then i mean and what sucks is we have these players that leave and then become 
really, really good players. Like we had our test when he yeah. was called our test. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah that but. sounds pretty accurate. So <laughs> Seattle, not Seattle, I'm saying Seattle. Freaking Sacramento has this big comedy scene. Your podcast kind of touches on that against these local comedians and stuff like that. How has that been so far for you, especially within the pan? Well, two things. Now that I bring it up. During the pandemic, getting guests has to be a chore, especially with your the way you do your show. And two, during the same time, strangely, you were having you was having the situation where like we talked about it just for a second earlier. Cancel culture was getting bigger. You started seeing comedians getting kind of quote-unquote canceled for jokes. Then you started seeing comedians actually getting quote-unquote canceled for real shit. So how would that been like being somebody who delves into comedy and seeing this all go on at the same time? Because to me, it seems like the whole pandemic thing would be ripe for, with content for comedy. Uh so the one thing that the pandemic, like I said, has helped is we have been able to get outside the Sacramento scene. Um, I know the Sacramento scene is starting up again, um, even though we got the Delta variant going on, uh, clubs are opening up. It used to just be all Zoom mics, which are awkward as hell. Um, yeah, that sounds trash. Not gonna lie. Well, yeah, and I actually, uh, I hosted one for a comedy club in New York once, and people just don't understand zoom. Like if we had six different people on here, I guarantee you one person would have their mic on with their kids yelling in the background, not knowing that they could mute themselves. So it would be quiet. It was just pure shit show sometimes. Yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah. And as far as the canceling thing, I'm lucky because the core group that I am with like Danny D Rob, um, Sharon, who's not a comedian. he, he DJs like comedy clubs, um, but he's still you know, hilarious. We all sort of subscribe to the, if it's made in the vein of trying to make someone laugh, you shouldn't get canceled over it. I agree. I agree. I think I've always said this about comedy. I feel like anything goes, but if you're going to go toward those levels of controversial topics, whether it's race, racism, sexism, even rape. You better land that joke. Yo, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it better be so funny that I forget that you just said some fucked up shit. Because if you don't, then you deserve all the ridicule and criticism that comes with it. Because that, yeah. that, that, that goes for comedy in general. Like, if you, jokes are not, dude, jokes are not easy. Comedy is not an easy thing to do because people have different tastes in comedy. There's so, only so few comedians that actually transcend everybody in terms of being funny to everybody. Like, I think Chappelle's one of them. I want to say Chris Rock's another one. That people just, everybody just constitutionally thinks this guy's, like, funny. I think I feel like Patrice O'Neal also had that with people. He just probably didn't never get enough credit for it. Because I hear a lot of people talk about Patrice O'Neal now as opposed to when he was alive. And it's yeah, crazy to say that. He didn't get the recognition he deserved when he was alive, um, which sucked. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I think it was Patrice O'Neal when he was talking about, um, fuck, who is it? That old fucker that's on the radio. Uh, Imus. When Imus did the nappy-headed hoe thing, he was like, look, I didn't find it funny, but he, he tried a joke and it bombed, so I'm going to support the fact that he tried it to make a joke. Like, he wasn't trying to be offensive. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's sort of what I subscribe to. Yeah, I think, and this is how I, I don't believe in camps culture. Until a point, I don't even think it exists, and this is not to say that it doesn't happen. I think there's, of course, people try to get canceled, but my whole thing is this. Your fan base is your fan base, and if your fan base understands your comedy, you can't be canceled. You get what I'm saying about that? Like, yeah. for, for example, Dave Chappelle can never be canceled because Dave Chappelle fans are Dave Chappelle fans. And the one to leave Dave Chappelle probably wasn't really fans of him in the first place. Yeah, because I yeah, because I know he got a lot of flack for that LGBTQ joke. But a lot of the people, like, yeah, they're they're not old enough to have even seen the Dave Chappelle show. Yes. I mean, come on, he did a he did a skit about a black white supremacist. I yes, mean. exactly. <laughs> I, I, 
I feel like only true cancellation I, I, I want to say is when people actually do fucked up shit. And people are like, you know what? I can't rock with this. Like R. Kelly. Oh, God. Bill Cosby. Those are the people who are truly getting canceled. A comedian making a bad joke isn't really getting canceled. Yeah, people are, people on, on the outside will say, oh, this is horrible. We're not supporting them no more. But if you really look at the logistics of it, the comedian still can get shows. The comedian can still get things. It's not like his actual fans are really giving up on him. They may not publicly support him, but they're probably still checking him out. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big fan of uh, like Legion of Skanks. So Big J Okerson, you know Louis J Gomez. They say some some messed up shit, and they haven't gotten canceled. And I think it's you're right. They have this fan base of like, look, they say this stuff not to be offensive. They say this stuff just to sort of crack jokes about it. But it's like they don't really believe a lot of the stuff they're saying. Yeah, I, I, I subscribe to that as well. I think that um, you should be able to say what you want to say in in, in the form of comedy. Yeah, there's consequences to it, but those consequences usually come if it's not funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been, I mean, hell, I think Daniel Tosh tried to do a joke about rape, and this chick was like, rape's not funny. And she was like, uh, I think he replied with, well, I hope you get raped outside. And it's like, well, that's not comedy. So, yeah, he, he, got, yeah, he got some flack for it, deservedly. <laughs> that's a wild thing to tell somebody. <laughs> It's, it's that's so wild to tell somebody it's it's almost like absurd yeah what he fucking did <laughs> just wow <laughs> but but that, that's my point like people don't quote unquote see you, you can give your insight on this I, f- I feel like even when it comes to like celebrities who do fucked up things and things like that yeah they may lose their sponsors for a while but one, they're millionaires. And two, yeah. nine times out of the ten, those sponsors come back. Or if those sponsors don't come back, especially now. If those sponsors don't come back, other sponsors come in their place. Especially because now the society we live in to now is kind of like ultra super political to an extreme ridiculous degree. So if you support one side, you're considered a leftist and and if you support another side, you consider it like alt-right. And because of these things, if you're a celebrity and you lean a little too far to one side, yeah, you may have this the other side shun you, but then you have the side that just shuns you, the opposite side, applaud and cheer you and support you more. And, and, and just like, for example, the Kanye West thing. When Kanye West came out there with the MAGA hat, he, he may have lost some fans in the black community and stuff like that. But he gained a whole bunch of Trump supporters mm-hmm. who were riding the dime with Kanye, buying his stuff, supporting his stuff, just because he did that. And that's yeah. just how that's how it works with everything. Like there, the, the the lines between right and wrong has been so blurred in terms of somebody can be dead wrong about something. And just because they lean left or right politically, people will defend it. They just can't say, oh no, that was wrong. This guy's a piece of crap, or this girl's a piece of crap. No. No, it has to be no, this happened because of this. This is council culture. No. Sometimes people are just pieces of shit. Yeah. Well, and the thing that gets me about, you know, this whole sort of wanting people to get canceled is like people today's society, and I think I've I've tweeted this before and gone back and forth with people, but mistake is no longer a word that's acceptable in today's society. Like you can like you mentioned Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby has a history of drugging and raping women. Yeah, that is not, not a mistake. A, yeah, that's not a mistake. But I mean Kevin Hart making his jokes 10 years ago that people wanted him off the Oscars for. It's like, look, he can grow as a human being. Yeah. You know, it may not have been right to say, but that was 10 years ago. He's not the man he was then. And I will even go a step further about that and this is going to be controversial oh, but, but that and i've said this before in this podcast before that was part of black culture black culture in terms of hip-hop culture was very misogynistic was very sexist was very and sometimes like you know very homophobic like you listen to listen to hip-hop songs from the 90s listen to the comedy show listen to eddie murphy's old stuff back then there was a lot of 
homophobic stuff in there. There was a lot of people calling people the F word. There was a lot of stuff like that. That was part of that culture. Not saying it was right, but that's how it was. That was part, like, listen to all these old rap songs. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. And, and even in old movies, I watched um, one of my favorite movies. I watched a couple months back, The Warriors. Have you ever seen oh, The Warriors? Okay. Yeah. I love that movie. <clears throat> the character Ajax <laughs> calls everybody the F word. And me watching it now, like, whoa, <laughs> this is wild. Like, but I know that that came out during that time where that was socially acceptable. So I kind of take, when I see those type of things, I kind of take those things into consideration in terms of the climate that it happened in. And that's how I felt about the Kevin Hart thing. That happened in a time where that was socially acceptable and it's not socially acceptable now. And yes, he should apologize if he offended people for it. But at the same time, like, uh, it was 10 years ago. Now, there are are limits to that, by the way. I think if you're saying it in a malicious way, that's a different thing. But if you're doing it in in terms of comedy or trying to be funny or joking with your friends, I kind of get it. Yeah. And uh, I like how you made the point of, you know, if if one side leaves you, the other side will inevitably pick you up. And that's, I mean, you're right. Like, you know, if sleep number gets rid of you, my pillow is willing to take you up as a sponsor. Like, there is going to be... That's why, like, that's why I'm very much in the center of it all, because mainly because there's shit on both sides. And if I'm in the center, I can make fun of both sides and just be happy. (laughs) Yeah, my my whole thing has always been, I try to lean towards things that I feel are right in terms of my personal beliefs and things like that. So whether it's, quote, unquote, Donald Trump doing it or Joe Biden doing it, doesn't matter if you're doing some BS. I'm like, that's BS. Come on. Yeah. I think that's what we need to get back to as a country. Like, we can't just shun somebody because they're a Democrat or Republican. We shun them because they're doing fucked up shit. <laughs> like, oh, this is awful. I don't care who you are. This is awful. This is wrong. We've lost that as a society, in America at least. Yeah, and we've we've also lost degrees. Like, I agreed with Trump on maybe two things. Maybe. But when I said, like, hey, I kind of agree with his take on this, I'm automatically, I'm a, I'm a right-wing Nazi, you know, supremacist. And then I'm like, no, I just said these two things, but that makes me there. And then when I say, like, that I agree with, you know, certain things Biden does, but I also don't agree with some things Biden does, it's like I get it from both sides. I mean, I remember, who was it? Nick Sandman. You remember that the whole like uh, Native American in the drum circle going up to yes, the white kid? I remember that. So all I said, all <laughs> this was bad, but all I said was, "Hey, let's wait until we get the full picture before we start canceling his high school, canceling all these people's associated with." Let's just wait. I got death threats just for saying that. I got oh, yeah. lambasted, oh. and it's like. How how weird of a society do we have to live in when someone that just says, hey, let's just wait for the whole story before we react gets vilified? Yeah, that, and that's how it is. Like, you can't be on the fence with anything anymore. Like, uh, you can't wait for the facts. And I've yeah. always been a, like a wait for the facts type of person. Like, let's wait to hear everything out and things like that. There are some things, of course, you like, all right, this is cut and dry. And I, I, I feel like that about certain situations in terms of like usually... And this is something that Jody B brought up to me a while. I, I want to say a couple months back, man, we'll talk about this. How you always get these situations where these white people are just saying the most racist shit and they know they're being recorded and they double down on it. Yeah. Those situations, I'm like, we don't have to wait for the facts. You are just a, a dumb, terrible person. Because you, if you know you're being recorded and you still go across doing the things that you're doing, you deserve every consequence that comes with that. It's not like they're hiding the camera. They're sitting there in your face with the camera like, hey, I'm recording you so you, you don't do nothing that we don't, that we don't think crazy. And you double down on it. Well, F you and say the N-word and all this. I'm like, huh. Well, and what, what's stupid is, well, I've said this on the podcast. A lot of videos are not making us white people look good right now yes. at all. <laughs> but when the double down thing, you'll actually get people like, be like, are you recording me? Look, look me right in the face. And then they'll say the racist remark and you're like oh jesus dude yeah and and (laughs) me being a black person i know when a camera's come on if i'm doing something fucked up i need to stop immediately (laughs) 
that's a fact. That should be common sense for almost anybody. Yeah. If you're saying something crazy and wild, if somebody puts a camera in your face, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, because it's not going to a great place. It's either going to go on Twitter or World Star or both. Or, or to the police. Oh, that too, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, this is the time where, and this is crazy. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime where actual crimes are getting caught on video in full HD. And like Joe, like I go back to Jody Pierre, me and him talked about earlier. I think we said it on the um, episode 200. The whole Rodney King thing didn't have as much impact as the George Floyd thing because the Rodney King thing was in 480p grainy. You could barely see what happening. The George Floyd thing was in full HD. Like you can see everything in full detail. It's a lot different when you see it like that up close and it makes you feel like you're there after posting this grainy video that well he maybe he's beating his ass, maybe he's not. We can't really tell. And that's that's kind of what it is with everything now. Everything is caught on camera, caught on tape. You see everything that's going on. So it's not like you can hide from it. And that's well, I think No, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think no, I was just gonna say I think that's a big Probably with everything that's going on today in terms of like, especially with cops, cops, you can't hide from the things you do. And if you notice, anytime something messed up happened and it's on the cop side of things, if they know they were in the right, the full footage comes out immediately. If they know they're in the wrong, you may never see that full footage. Yeah, I mean, hell, wasn't there was body cam released from an incident two years ago recently? Yeah. yeah. I I will say it is the one good thing about all these cameras is the reform that we are seeing because I mean first of all I don't subscribe to the all cops are bastards because I know there are good cops out there. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, but I will say the majority of experiences I've had with cops they have been dicks. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I don't I don't subscribe to it's only a black thing. I think it happens to white people as well. I don't think white people notice it as much, and I think they may don't see it as much as we do. But it happens to white people as well. Not only that, I think that um, to add to that, I feel like it's a power situation. You have these people who didn't have power at one point, then they have an extreme amount of power, maybe too much power, some may say, and they take advantage of that. Some people are good with not taking advantage of that power, but there are some who take advantage of it in the worst ways, whether it's beating people with their batons. Like, and you see like weird, crazy videos where people are not resisting, then the cop just punches them in the face. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And, and then they're just, like, I've, I feared for my life. And you're like, how? He was two feet away from you. Yeah. And he's handcuffed with his hands behind his back, and two feet away from you. And it was like, come on. Like, it's, it's the whole thing is just like, it's not, it's an abuse of power. And I feel like, if you don't want to look at it in terms of a racist situation, which I understand that some white people don't because, because they're scared to have that conversation, look at it like it's an abuse of power. And today it could be a, a black person, but tomorrow it could be one of your family members, a, a white guy, it could be somebody else. And I think that's how you should look at it. These cops are abusing their power to a higher degree. And I feel like if it doesn't get in check now, it's going to get a lot worse. Like today, it's black people. Tomorrow, maybe Latino people. Eventually, it's gonna get down to white people getting their ass kicked in the streets senselessly, and people are like, "Why is nobody doing anything about this?" Well, this has been happening for a while. We've just been ignoring it. Yeah, and I, I think also it it comes down to, and I, I mean, this may sound, I guess, negative as far as white people go, but it, I think it does come down to acknowledging our own ignorance of different people's cultures, and I'll I'll be the first to admit that. I didn't know much about the black culture. And I had uh, this friend and we were just talking about stuff and he was blowing my mind when he was like, yeah, my, my dad is uh, 55 and he's getting his will together. And I'm like, I'm like, why? And he's like, well, I mean, if you hit 60 and you're black, you've like, you've hit the gold standard of life. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I mean, aside from cops, there's diabetes. There's like all the, and I was like, really? That's, that's a thing. And that was something I had no idea like was out there. Yeah, it's it's a real thing because it's a common thing in black society that we don't take care of ourselves like we should. We don't like to go to doctors. We don't get the test that we need to get. 
So we naturally, if you, if you want to add like senseless killings, we naturally just died younger. Like our lifespan is average like 65, something like that. And for white Americans, I think it came out a couple, I came out this year, earlier this year, I think everybody's lifespan because of COVID-19 has went down like dramatically. I wish I had it in front of me, but I think they said Hispanics lived the longest, then white, then white males, then blacks. But it's 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 a problem. Like we have to take care of ourselves, whether it's checkups, we eat a lot of fatty food, whether it's checkups or things like that. It's just we don't take care of ourselves enough. Yeah, but I mean it's and I think it's just weird because I wonder how much, you know, of your white audience knew that fact because to me i just i guess i lived in this sheltered world of like oh we all live to a ripe old age of like 80 or something you know in our yesteryears and when he was like no my dad's about to retire and he might not live two years after retirement i'm like that's insane yeah it is it is it's, it's a big problem where people think it's like oh they're just killing just no it's we're not eating right we're not eating healthy that's what it is and a lot of times it's because people stay in the inner city and they can't afford to eat healthy. Eating healthy is expensive. It's yeah. like really expensive to eat healthy. It is. I mean, hell, we recently got some vegetables and they were, I mean, it was like $3 a pound and you had to get at least like two or three pounds. And it's like, well, I could go get 12 burgers for half of this price. <laughs> yeah, it's, an, it's insane. And you feel full from eating it. Yeah. It's not like eating vegetables is getting you full real quick. So it's kind of like, yeah, man, that's what, how it is. Yeah, I got to start eating healthier. I'm, this COVID, people talk about like, oh, you got the COVID-20. It's like, I got the COVID-50. I blew the fuck <laughs> up, dude. I, I did too. It, you can't see it as much, but yeah, it's it's a problem. Well, you're. I'm luckily I'm wearing my white shirt. I have this like tie-dye sort of like wife beater t-shirt. And for some reason, that just makes me look wide as fuck. <laughs> so wide <laughs> so let me ask you more about this podcast because we haven't barely talked about it you got yeah four, we, we're going down got, tangents <laughs> yeah you got three co-hosts with you that you kind of feed off of it's great chemistry danny d rob and i can't remember his name Sharon. i can't say, Sharon. i can't remember how to pronounce it see what i'm saying <laughs> but yeah it's a great chemistry between you four how do you four actually met so uh it initially started with me uh rob and uh this other guy jerron we all met at a comedy class we did um a comedy class and we did our first open Hold on. open mic showcase together you have to elaborate on that i can't just let that slide what's a comedy class okay so so for those of you that want to waste money you can pay a comedian to basically punch up your jokes and the reason I say it's a waste of money is because since then, what I found is comedians will get together and they will just say like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about this joke and they'll say the joke. And then the other comedians will be like, oh, well, maybe you can, you know, they'll tag it. They'll add something on like, oh, maybe you could say this or maybe you could do that. Take this word out, change it to this. And that's essentially what you're paying for with a comedy class. So Except it's like... Like, I think I, the main reason I think I took the comedy class is because I knew I wasn't going to go up there unless I was forced to. Ah, uh, okay. That, so, yeah. on paper, that sounds like a huge scam. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like, hey, come take this comedy class and you're just going to. I mean, gonna... I, I will say we had Keith Lowell Jensen, who's um, had like seven comedy albums. Um, he's featured on Sirius XM's comedy channel. Um, he's been in movies, documentaries. So I did have like a great teacher. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it, it, it was just a, let's get together for two days. Um, tell me your set. Okay. Let's all go around and see what we can add from it. And then you take what you want. You add to it. And then you, the next day you come back, you say the new joke and then you go around again and people say, Oh, maybe change this, change that. And then you have your five minute set. That's interesting. That's actually pretty cool when you think about it. See, when you say comedy class, I think of like a classroom with whoopee cushions and rubber chickens and oh. somebody, <laughs> somebody dressed like a clown just throwing shit at you. You go in, you shake the teacher's hand. He's got a buzzer in there and he's like, oh, I got you. 
<laughs> spraying, you, spraying you in the face with water. <laughs> yeah. Here, smell this flower real quick. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so, no, that's that's how uh, Rob, Jaron, and I met. Jaron has since uh, left. Um, he was doing like an hour commute to get to the podcast. So he was just like, I, I'm, it's a podcast. I'm done. I'm not going to do this commute, which was fine. It was totally fine. Danny D is actually a very big comedian in Sacramento, and we really lucked out in getting her. What happened was is she just started, we would do our podcast um, right before the open mic. So she would go to the open mic, but she would come in early and she would sit on the podcast pretty much, you know, seven or eight episodes in a row. And I noticed we would not only get funnier, but our listens would increase. So I was like, all right, let's bring Danny D on. And then Sharon, he is, he's big into the poetry uh, scene here in Sacramento. I mean, he's vice president of the Sac Poet Society. He would start to show up and he would just give like a different take on certain things, but also crack jokes and we can rib on them. Um, and he takes it in stride. So shout out to Sharon for that. Um, and he just, did the same thing as Danny just started showing up regularly. And I was like, you know what, let's bring them on. That's pretty cool. And I think having both of them on brings a uh, different chemistry to it. A cool chemistry might add, cause you don't get that, that kind yeah. of diverse lineup in terms of Danny D and Sharon, you and Rob, I think it's really good. I think it's really good chemistry. Yeah. Cause otherwise it would have been three white guys doing a podcast and it's like, Oh, here's another podcast of nothing but white people yeah, white I'm men not, trying to tell people what's up another comedy podcast with three white guys telling yeah. you about being funny exactly there's like <laughs> ten thousand podcasts like that yeah <laughs> but that's that's how we met and we've been doing it since july of 2018 that's pretty cool that's yeah. a, a good while what you guys on now? Like episode one fifty? It's like one fifty one. If I'm correct, uh, it'll be one fifty one on um, this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, that is an impressive run so far for podcasts. Those who don't know, if you make it past five, you have a podcast. Yeah, well, it's like um, like you and Jody B and like all these people that have just gaggles of episodes. I I always tell you know Danny D. She books a lot of our um, talent that comes on. And if it wasn't for her booking, I probably would have been like, you know what, we're we're gonna end this. Like I don't, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy going out there getting guests and things like that. You may get lucky sometimes that a guest come to you, but otherwise, that is not easy and not always fun to go out there and search for guests. Because sometimes I prefer the no as opposed to the I'm gonna act like this message is not here. <laughs> yeah, or. Thank you, know, thank you, Facebook Messenger, for letting me see if the person saw my message. Because I've had a bunch of those. Like, hey, we'd love you to have you come on. And it's like, I see that you saw the message. Like, you could at least reply no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't just leave that. Don't just leave that on red. Yeah, just say no. <laughs> it's okay. It's not like I'm gonna be like, fuck you then. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, I, yeah, I, that's that's a big. That's actually one of the reasons Danny took over is because. I was just getting tired of people not getting back to me. And Danny's in the comedy scene more than anybody else on the podcast. So she just has friends like, hey, come on, come on. And she gets really good guests. That's awesome. That is really awesome. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> Give me a funny onstage story that you may have experienced. Hmm. Because I mean, being a comedian seems spontaneous almost in terms of the things that can happen while you're on stage, whether good, bad, or indifferent. It always fascinates me. So this, it wasn't something that happened while I was on stage, but it was something that happened at the club. Um, when we were recording our podcast, this guy came in, and um, he was just drunk as hell. <laughs> And he was trying to, we, we took a break. We went out, we were smoking. He was trying to basically tell us that he was going to do 30 minute set um, for some party and some corporate gig. And everyone was like, yeah, he's not a comedian whatsoever. He just has these high lofty goals. So 
during the open mic, apparently he ended up stealing a beer out of <laughs> the back. They ended up calling him on it. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And this guy was so drunk that the host was even like, it's the beers in your pocket, dude. And he's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And they were like, the beer is right there. And he's like, oh, I, I, I paid for that, I think. And it turned in, <laughs> yeah. And it turned into this big old thing of like, we had to tell him like to leave and then he didn't want to leave. Yeah. That's, that's bad. Yeah. yeah why, are you, that's, why are you stealing beer? Well, and what's what's even sadder is like I'm I'm sober, and I knew this guy from the meetings, so like oh. it was, and they called me an asshole because when we went out there, they were he kept going, "You look so familiar," and I was like, "Yeah, I know you from uh, AA," and he was like, "Oh, oh, okay," and walked away, and everyone was like, "God, oh, Nick, you're, you're such an asshole." I'm like, "Why?" He asked where I knew him from. Yeah, that hey, <laughs> that's real, hey. Yeah, it's probably sitting me drinking, and this is the reason why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do I do miss going up every now and then. Um because I haven't gone up for a while. Uh, you know, it's starting to open up, but unfortunately with my job, the our old club closed down, and that club was great because it was every Sunday. It's where I did my first show, so it was just sort of comfortable. Now I mean, I, I think I haven't gone up in like a year or so. Oof. Yeah, I, I, that sounds about right. This pandemic has slowed down things to a crawl. And now we're getting back into it. And it's crazy because the way, the way things are going, we're getting back into it. But it's like, ah, here's the sequel to the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> this, this time, bigger and stronger, faster. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, and we're getting, I mean, we're already getting cases of comedians that are have COVID, and then you're like, okay, what show were they at? Oh, they were at this show that had so many people without masks, and you're just like, I don't know if I want to take that, especially because I hear COVID takes the, you know, overweight people. I'm overweight. I don't yeah. want that. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Like, I feel like if you if you know you're not high risk, like, yeah, I might need to get the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just, just if you know that, like, yeah, I'm if i get covid I, I might be out of here i just like yeah it's not without question like don't take the risk so i do i i do have a question for you this is just i, I want to ask it before i forget so i was talking you know you know uh uh akita, akita. the the um anime like, yeah the manga slash anime slash movie yeah they say akira but you know it's akita yes i didn't know Okay, so that has six, I think six big volumes of uh, manga. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Anybody out there, I highly suggest doing it. I watched it. it a year ago for the first time. What? Literally a year ago because <clears throat> I, I had, this is crazy. My friend always raised about this movie and he did like he does a podcast called who was when his name is race to canis and on the podcast they do this thing where they put like characters from like tv shows movies or comic books against other characters like kind of battle podcast and he represented i can't remember the guy the main character from akita on the show right and he kept telling me yeah you should watch this movie and stuff like that i bought the blu-ray to watch it and I forgot that I had like the DVD of it. <laughs> so I ended up watching it. Now after I finished watching, I'm like, damn, I got the collector's edition DVD. I could I didn't have to pay for this. I could have just watched it like that. But yeah, I watched the whole thing like a year ago. Great movie. Oh, okay. I was gonna just ask you what your thoughts are on it. Cause um I was talking with somebody about it. Uh, Cause you know, like Aeon Flux, Ghost in the Shell. Those yes. are all Japanese movies that, you know, were remade live action. And I don't know about you. I, I found them to be horrible. Remade. Yes. The only one I think I like that they did. What is the one that came out by James Cameron? Avatar? No, it was an anime movie. James Cameron had something to do with it. I can't remember the name of it. And it was like, live action? Live action. Hmm. I don't know. 
Now I, I gotta look. look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta remember. I'm looking it up, but yeah, that's the only one I end up. Alita, Alita, Battle Angel. Okay. Yeah. 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 It just just came to me now. That was a fantastic movie. I thought that was really good. That's the one where she has big eyes, right? Yes. Okay. I I have not seen that yet. Yeah, that one's really, really good, surprisingly. Hmm. Okay, because, yeah, I was was talking with somebody about um, they said they would love a live-action remake of it, and I was like, you know what? Akita's fine the way it is. Don't live-action remake that. That one falls into i want to say like they made like a, a live action attack on titans movie mm, yeah it was japan it falls in that territory don't don't make that because it's too complex too much stuff going to it that will make it a disaster if you mess it up so i would say just don't do it some some animes don't need to be touched some manga don't need to be into live action the cartoon version is just fine yeah thank you thank you so many people came at me and were like no it it depends on the director blah 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 and i'm like i don't with everything i mean that ending sequence of him blowing up like you can't reproduce that in a good way <laughs> yeah the one thing i thought would have actually been decent and i don't think it was hard, that hard to do was definitely when they messed that up so once mm-hmm. they messed up definitely i'm like yeah just just leave anime alone just <laughs> don't do it because definitely is not that hard to make like a good live action movie of, but they sure as hell fucked that up. So like, nah, just, just, <laughs> just don't do it. Just, we have so much other things you can do that actually works. Like the Witcher, the Witcher's not anime. It's based off a video game and a novel. Do that. Do stuff like that. Do Castlevania, the animated series. That was really good. That was on Netflix. Leave the yeah, a Castlevania on Netflix? Oh, you haven't seen that? No. It's, it is fantastic. It's an animated series made by Warren Spector. It is really, really good. Oh, I'm going to... Like Castlevania, the video game? Yes. Oh, I'm so going to be watching this. It then. is really, really good. <laughs> Super violent. Oh, I'm so going to watch it then. It looks like an anime. It's not an anime, but it's super violent, super good. I highly recommend it. That's going to be on my list. Yeah, definitely check that out. So, anything you want to say before we go? This has been a blast, by the way. Uh, yeah, first I want to say thank you to you. This is sort of a uh, you and Jody B getting on those podcasts are like a rite of passage in the bottom <laughs> family, man. <laughs> thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Um, as far as before we go, uh, I guess, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at TheBigNickJ. Um, check out gag on this we drop episodes on our youtube every saturday and then we're on all podcast platforms uh every monday check out gag on this it's not like that (laughs) you know it's not it's not a porn thing also don't don't do what some people have done and google gag on this because you do not want to get the pictures that pop up with that yes that is (laughs) a good yeah, make Good sure point. you put podcast at the end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do that. Put podcast at the end. Yeah, this is this has been a blast, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. And as always, Delva Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. What? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you like more content, go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, there is more exclusive podcasts, including I'm the podcaster, he's the DJ, that is the hip-hop podcast I do with Mr. Tim Hines, as well as the Boondocks, which is a Boondocks review show I do with my son, Delvin Jr. With that being said, I want to give a special shout-out to Patreon producers, Shirley Walker, Ghost Rider UK, and Mikey Famine. Thank you. God bless.